yellow. Hi, Greg. What's going on? How you doing? Oh, you know, another day in paradise. Yeah, I hear you for sure. I hear you for sure. Well, right off the bat, uh, got some bad news for you. Um, and I don't, I don't really know how to break it to you. So, Trump managed uh, to out of his little bunker that he was hiding in. Uh, I don't know. Did that happen? Yeah. Did you not see that? Oh nope, nope. Didn't see it. Oh. Yeah, they uh, they uh, shut down the White House, took him to a bunker because you know you're winning when your entire country is rising up against you and your fascist policies. Right, but I thought you said that he came out of the bunker. Well, I assume he did because now there's news reports of him trying to use the Insurrection Act to deploy active-duty military, so... Uh, good for him. Good for him. Um... All right. Well, I I mean, I guess my news is a lot less consequential, but oh, I the bad news is uh, Raid Shadow Legends has not sponsored us. No Raid Shadow. What about Manscaped? No Manscaped either. Nope. Nope. It hasn't happened yet. So, um, you know, I I was really hoping but yeah i think i think a part of it might have been my fault uh i might have screwed the pooch because i didn't exactly remember i mean i remembered that it was raid and that there was legends in it and so like i think in the in after some bug spray <laughs> no i in the in the the show notes and and the description and maybe even in the show i think i might have just referred to it as raid legends so maybe that's why we're just not totally on their radar yet well i mean to be fair that's better than they deserve so all right all right true that true <laughs> that <laughs> oh man uh, in other news, it is hot as a motherfucker outside right now, and it is only going to be warmer tomorrow. Holy ballsack! Really, I've been—I don't—I've been stuck indoors for how long have we been stuck indoors now? Exactly. That's what I was going to ask <laughs> you. When was the last time that you were actually out of doors? I mean, aside from like quick run like to to the office for and and even that's been probably three weeks now so yeah it's been it's been a while mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's been a while um yeah so uh no it's it's hot as a mofo we are trying to work on so many various projects around the house. Um, now that I'm not driving 
two to two and a half hours a day. Um, Doesn't it? it? It it makes such a huge difference, and almost like getting your life back. A little bit, a little bit, uh, and that's certainly what like the first oh I don't know maybe like five or six weeks um, when this whole thing started. Uh, it was cold and shit. I mean, it was still snowing for parts of it. And, um, so during, yeah, during like those first five weeks or so, um, we couldn't, we honestly could not have been lazier if we tried. It was just every day, you know making super easy meals and just vegging out on the couch and all that was great. I mean, we're getting used to, you know, having the kids home all the time. So that's an added layer of stress when you don't have that break that you would normally have. Yeah. It's been fun. (laughs) Yeah. To say the least. So then at that point, the, you know, the weather started to turn a little bit. And we were like, wow, shit, we should actually do some stuff around here. So, um, yeah, tonight, right, right before we were, we were hopping on here, I got a text, uh, right as I had sent one to you just waiting. And, uh, it was like, can you please come upstairs? And I was like, ah, shit. What am I going to go up there to find? And I knew it wasn't anything, you know, involving like... Wait, wait, an injury. wait, wait. Your wife texts you when you're downstairs to get you to go upstairs. Uh, yep. You better like believe you're it. In the same house. Same house. No, because this is something that, that my wife does to me. <laughs> and I mock her for it all the time. Uh-huh. Because we're in the same damn house. And this isn't that big a house. I mean... Right. You know, I'm I'm not, uh, you know, I I don't got uh, the the cheddar um, for a house <laughs> that you would need to text each other from the other side of. Like, I'm sure she can hear me right now. Uh huh. You know, it's not that big, um, <clears throat> and yet <clears throat> she will text me. I'll be sitting in the office. She'll be in the bedroom, which is literally across the hallway, and she'll text me. Yep. <coughs> yep. She will typically she'll typically do that with um with my oldest son. Uh when when they are in adjacent rooms to one another, she will still text him. Because he is one I remember when I was growing up. I I would get into serious shit with my dad if if he or my stepmom like called for for me or for us me and my brother um and we did not go to see what they needed you know if we just yelled back well, we would get in deep shit for that so, like, it is ingrained in me that if I'm being called upon, 
that I'm not going to be yelling back and forth. And I think for me, a part of it extends then into the texting world. Like, just get your lazy ass up and go talk to the person. But my oldest is one of those that does not have that in any way ingrained into his head. And so it it could be the next room or it could be he could be downstairs, you know, down in his room and we'll yell for him and he will just scream back from his room. And it's like, "No, dude, don't do that." So in in that battle she has just resorted instead of yelling back and forth because she knows he's not going to get up off his lazy ass that she will just resort to texting him in the next room. Whereas I, I whispering to my kids. Uh, well, there you go. I know that, uh, what, what do they call it? A boat swan whistle or whatever. You know, when in Star Trek, there's that little whistly sound before uh-huh. card comes on and makes an announcement. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> That that means get the hell up here, Dad wants your attention. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, in the in the after show last week, and I'll well I'll just call it the after show because it's the part that didn't make it into the show. Um, and who knows? At some point, maybe we'll uh, I'll, I'll compile some of the stuff that that hasn't made it into the actual shows, and may, oh, maybe we we'll. Call it- a bag of dicks after dark yeah oh that's perfect that's perfect <laughs> and and it, it'll be behind the patreon wall but um it, my uh my somewhat problematic uncle <clears throat> that i was telling you about last week mm-hmm. uh he also um because i had I, he had three sons, so they're my three cousins. He had that super, super loud, super high-pitched, like, through-your-teeth whistle. Oh. Where, like, it's just, like, the super piercing, like, like, but, I, because I, I can't even do it. But you know what I'm talking about. Just that right. high pitch, like, oh, man, get over here. So, <clears throat> he used to do that. All the time, we'd we'd go up to my grandparents um, for get-togethers, you know, holidays, just spending time in the summer, usually Christmas, all that kind of stuff. But we would be up at my grandparents' house, and you would know exactly when it was time to get out of the lake, time to come up for dinner, like time to come in because it was too dark, like whatever it was, you knew because you could hear that whistle from anywhere. And it would happen, and my cousins were all bigger than me, like, both height and girth-wise, but they would shoot off like their life depended on it. Like, they knew that whistle meant business, and, like, you better get your ass here, or there's gonna be hell to pay. And they would just move. And my brother and I would be like, oh, well, there's his whistle. All right, I get, you know, and we would just kind of laze about because we didn't report to him, you know, we reported to our parents. So it was like, we would still go up 
and you know get back inside or whatever we needed to do but it was not i mean like that was like drill sergeant type stuff and so about three four years ago we're up there and i want to say i want to say it was my cousin's wedding or something like that i don't remember what but my cousin had his son with him who's the exact same age as my oldest and he was goofing off doing something and my uncle let out the whistle to kind of corral him back in and get him over like get him in line and my cousin even to this day now being whatever 30 years old however he is at the time just completely stands up at attention looks over at my uncle and he's like don't do that he's like you still make my asshole clinch up just by doing that it's like ptsd with the flashbacks (laughs) because he just grew up with a life (laughs) like just you know hearing that every day uh and, okay, and well, I'm, not, I'm not that bad. I mean, they just know <laughs> I will get, get up here, uh, you know. And if, if I have to whistle twice, uh, I'm taking your iPad away, you know. Oh, snap. Yep. I got tired of calling for them because they didn't ever listen when I called for them. But, you know, when I whistle, they're like, oh, what, what the hell is that? And then they come and then they just kind of learned that that means get up here. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mine mine go uh more towards the uh more towards the silent treatment, if you will. Um So if if I've asked for something to happen and it doesn't happen, and then I stand there and I just stare at them, they know that if whatever is about to happen doesn't happen that the next thing that comes out of me is going to be the opposite of silence um and it's also going to involve a buttload of punishment as well and not punishment in a a physical sense because i don't i'm i'm not a child beater um but they will yeah they'll lose all of the ipads every everything that has an electrical current running through it. It'll be gone. I mean, my daughter just just realized was it yesterday or the day before that uh, threats of grounding her don't matter because we've all been grounded for like six months now. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, just like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. What are you you're gonna ground me? Like yep. what? I think you can't make it worse. Uh, yeah, this police department shows up. <laughs> See, and that that depends upon your definition of grounding, because in in this household, being grounded means no electronics. Because we learned a long time ago that grounding them to their room is not really that much of a punishment. Number one, there's still electronics that can be had in the rooms most of the time. 
and you know if you send them off to like you know let's say uh the playroom right well there's all sorts of toys in there so that's not any sort of punishment because then they can just sit in there and play with their toys and whatever and so you gotta hit them where it hurts and where does it hurt well their addiction to electronics so that's what it means and most of the time in this household, the saddest part is when when you are grounded, that punishment now turns into going outside. And that that's a punishment for them. See, and the two are, are they're like the total opposite on that. Like the the girl, right, she wants to go out and ride her bike and ride around the neighborhood and stuff. So like that gets taken away from her. That's the end of the world. Uh, you know, the youngest one, he's, he's the iPad one. He's, he, you know, we got to just pulling teeth to get him to go out and go play in the backyard with the dogs or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just wants the, the iPad all day. Um, <clears throat> and so we kind of treat them different in that respect. Like what's, what's going to hurt them more? What's going to make them, uh, you know, think more about what the punishment is <clears throat> yeah yeah see and for for us it's kind of the opposite the oldest is the one that is definitely hurt the most by no electronics my youngest because of our neighborhood <coughs> there there are more kids in in our neighborhood that are around his age than are around my oldest's age. And so for him, if he wants to go see anybody, you know, he has to take a bike ride over to a buddy's house or something, which again, in this, (laughs) in this current situation, uh, you know, nobody's going anywhere. So, um, so have you been letting them go out and ride their bikes and stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as far as being out, um, outside and playing in the yard, riding their bikes, uh, the youngest has his new obsession is his scooter that he got for Christmas. Um, so he loves riding that and whatnot, but, um, the neighbors down the street, um, have a trampoline so it's like no we're not you're not gonna go on the trampoline but if you guys you know want to ride your bikes together and you know play in the front yard or whatever um you know they're they're old enough where you know they're not dripping boogers all the time and you know like (laughs) trying to touch each other's faces and stuff like that they're they're at least old enough to the point of where um they understand that they can't be um you know being spit buddies with uh the neighbor kids so yeah they're still i mean they they've been able to get out and about but you know the things that we used to do like you know play dates the the kid that's down the street three or four houses he was actually in my youngest uh class at school 
Um, so that was really cool for the two of them because, you know, they'd known each other and played in the neighborhood and it made, you know, easing into the school year that much better. But then they would come home from school and, you know, half the time mine would go down there or, you know, he would come down here, whatever it was, and, you know, play in the house and all of that kind of stuff. And so none of that is happening, but outdoor activities are Still going. See, we, we went back and forth on that, like whether it was okay or not. And and what we kind of settled on was, you know, if you want to go ride your bike around the neighborhood, that's fine. Um, you know, and if you happen to see a friend or whatever and you want to wave at them or talk to them from across the street, that's fine. You know, as long as you keep your mask on and wash your hands when you get back, you know, it's not really that bad as long as you're not like climbing all over each other and stuff but <clears throat> well and a lot of it depends on on the kid too right yeah. um because a part of it is especially initially uh as it started to warm up and people started to get outside you know it was like how is each individual family going to feel about this because i may feel more or less concerned than others do, you know? Well, and you're, you're still like your job is still having you work from home, right? Yes, that's correct. We're well, cause that's the other thing, right? Is how many jobs are starting to require people to come back into the office and, you know, how do you make that transition then when there's still this virus and everyone's worried about it? And then, you know, on top of that, there's uh, protests everywhere. And oh, yeah. Cities burning, you know. Yep. Which is the other, because then, then, like, I feel terrible about it because I'm down here worrying about my kids catching the Rona. And, you know, <laughs> not, not that far away here, uh, you know, there's, there's people out protesting uh, you know, very serious, very worthy causes, uh, yep. you know, and I mean, I, I lived in these cities, you know, like I mm -hmm. want to be out there myself, you know? Yep. And then you've got to fight that. Well, I've got to be here for them, but I want to be out doing that. And how do you reconcile that? You know? Right. And then you just wind up feeling like a jackass cause you're not out doing anything about it. Yep. And now, now the fucking shit stain in chief decides he's calling in the military. <laughs> I'm calling him from now on. I'm calling him Bunker Boy. Bunker Boy. <laughs> Bunker Boy. Uh, yeah, it's been it, uh, it in in the midst of everything going on with this pandemic and then to have this on top of it like in a way i i mean uh, oh geez where, where do you even start with this because you know black black people being killed is not a new thing 
right? And it's it's so incredibly unfortunate to say. Um, and with all of this pent up and cooped up, um, I guess stress from from everybody being under all of these lockdowns and all of this, it just it feels to me in a way that the the powder keg was kind of ignited in a way. I mean, there 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 have been other examples of this over the last several years. You know, the biggest one coming to mind being Ferguson, but it's it's uh I I certainly don't think the whole coronavirus thing helped. No, but it, well and the other question is I mean is this the one, you know? I mean, obviously, if if the Secret Service is, is uh, worried enough to to be bringing Bunker Boy into his bunker, um, you know, they had to think there was some credible threat <laughs> to that, right? You know, and and there's there's just there's so much going on, and and you look at it and you think just you know. Is, is it even right? Is it your place to be upset or is it not? But it is. I mean, it is. And, and I think to, to their credit, what, what a lot of people and protesters have been steering this to is, you know, there's, there's a contingent, uh, we'll call them the Confederacy, that, that wants to <laughs> turn this into a white versus black thing. And that's not really what it is. It's that's not uh, at all what it is. No. Versus police brutality thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know how much, how, how closely you've been following everything. Um, but I'm the kind of guy that, you know, I sit here, I work from home. And so I turn on the live stream or whatever, you know, and, and let it mm-hmm. roll while I'm working. Um, and, and I tend to work uh, pretty late into the night too. Um, and so I've seen some, truly astounding uh instances of of just excessive force by police um throughout this i've seen some really ridiculous things um but i've also seen you know i mean they they talk about the the uh the the right-wing militants coming in and you know trying to burn shit and start shit and and there's it's it's something that I don't know if I'd say it gets glossed over in the news, but it's it's not reported accurately, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you from what I've seen that it, that's very very true. I mean, there are definitely people uh, coming in uh, and you know intentionally uh, coming only to riot and to start fires and and i'm not saying that that the people of the city haven't been looting or anything you know um i'm not saying that at all um but you know i i watched the one night they lit the gas station by the precinct on fire and then uh the guy that was was uh live streaming kind of you know starts falling back as as the uh National Guard showed up and kind of surrounded the, the gas station so that the fire trucks could get in and put it out. 
And then, so he backs up and then they start, uh, so then it's across the street and they start the next block on fire. And then as they move up, they just keep falling back and they keep lighting it on fire. And this guy's like documenting the whole thing, you know, these Mm -hmm. radicals coming in and, and lighting these fires. Uh, and I mean, in that case, I think they were doing it very intentionally to try and draw that force kind of away from the precinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously they didn't manage to do that, uh, on that particular night. Cause that would have been the, the second precinct that would have been a problem, but, um, you know, and, and I, I watch it and I watch all of these like every instance that I have seen, and I, I can't speak for every instance of everything out there, but every instance that I've seen where the National Guard is in control of things, things remain generally peaceful. Um, and with with the exception of last night when they were, you know, there, there were mass arrests and stuff, um, and even that I think was state police, um, tear gassing people and stuff there. You know, the, the National Guard isn't out tear gassing people or, or at least in the early days. God damn motherfucking Skype. <laughs> who, would you who prefer put... we do it? Would you prefer we do it on Teams? <laughs> uh, who puts a hang up button right there? Get a, get a get a Zoom meeting going. Oh my god, that was that was my technical difficulty. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Well, I was saying that you know, in in most of the cases, at least as far as I've witnessed, and this is just one person's account, right? But I haven't seen the kind of aggression from the National Guard. Right? They're there to get the fire trucks in and out and you know, they'll, they'll build a perimeter to keep people back, but the interactions haven't been, uh, you know, necessarily bad interactions, right? They're just Mm -hmm. there and they're going to stand there and they're not going to let you pass, but they're not like actively doing anything. And then every single interaction where I see the, the police department involved, they're, shooting people with, uh, you know, shooting them, uh, like in the body with, with these, uh, canisters of, of, uh, smoke. They're, they're shooting people with rubber bullets. They're, you know, uh, yelling at people, get in your house and shooting them. And they're, uh, out, you know, uh, driving through intersections and just, indiscriminately pepper spraying protesters who are on the sidewalk. Like at this point that I I don't know how anyone on that police department still has a job. I mean, like really honestly, the, the only thing to do is to just dismantle that entire department and restaff and retrain from the ground up. There, there is no way at this point that I can look at anyone who is there as a part of it and say that's a good person. 
because if they were a good person, they'd be standing up saying something right now. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it's really rough to watch. And, um, at this point I, I can't even imagine, um, being in the middle of it, uh, if you will, um, I, I don't know. I, I've never, um, I was trying to think if there was anything really within my, I don't want to say ability, because that's the wrong word, but the, uh, you know, I guess I was trying to think of any sort of major protesting that's happened before and there the the i guess what you would call the previous round of black lives matter um when tensions really flared up several years ago with ferguson and and some of the other stuff that was going around at that time that would have really been my only other opportunity to even participate in something, um, you know, without, say, driving to D.C. for some, you know, march on Washington or something like that. Sure. Um, but. Yeah, I get that. I get that point of like, you know, it. You've feel or or one feels like they should be doing so much more uh, but then in in the midst of all of this with the rona and everything else and it's like you know what what do i do though you know do i you know drive down there right now and you know try and figure out where they are and join up and like i i just don't know i i don't know what the answer is i don't i mean i'm i'm getting to a point where all of this like and and i know this is probably terrible to say because everyone's like protest and protest peacefully and don't you know like there's a difference between protesting and rioting and whatever and i, I get all of that and all of this qualified and very sound advice and whatever but on the other hand like i'm to a point where i really uh support the idea of people just tearing into the white house and and you know that makes any sense like how else are you going to end this kind of stuff if you don't take out the guy at the top who's a racist fucking douchebag uh you know and choke him to death with a bag of dicks and <laughs> and then we can start something new you know oh come on i thought we were shooting him into the sun i you know i'm fine with that but elon is has gone off the deep end and he <laughs> won't return my calls mm-hmm he thought it was a better idea to send uh, send some astronauts up to the International Space Station. 
Well, I mean, I mean he he's... sent he sent three astronauts, and the weight of those three astronauts roughly equals one Donald Trump. So <laughs> we know the rock powerful enough to do it. <laughs> this episode of Eat a Bag of Dicks is brought to you by, well, us. Hi, everybody. It's Ron here. Look, getting a new show up and off the ground is not easy. We don't have any real sponsors at this point, but still doesn't hurt to throw in a little shameless self-promotion. Greg and I have no plan to kid ourselves into turning this stuff into a full-time gig, but there are still costs associated with getting this podcast and the other stuff we're going to do off the ground. Wait, what's that you say, Ron? Other stuff? You bet your sweet ass there's going to be more. But at this point, you can interact with us on most of the different media platforms at Eat a Bag Podcast. You can get a hold of us on Twitter. We have a dedicated subreddit, a Discord, eatabagpodcast.com, or plain old email, eatabagpodcast at gmail.com. And for those of you that are the most generous of all, we've set up a Patreon at patreon.com slash eatabagpodcast to help support the costs of hosting and publishing the show. And the other stuff coming in the future, too, of course. Once again, that's patreon.com slash eatabagpodcast. Thanks again to, well, us for sponsoring our own show. Now, back to it. Uh, <laughs> yep, well, I mean, you, <laughs> you gotta have a test flight uh, to, you know, kind of break it in, make sure it's gonna, make sure that it's gonna support what you need it to. So there's that. And for the record, I mean, I'm all for political correctness and not being a jerk about, you know, uh, what someone looks like or, or any of that. Uh, but Trump can fuck himself. All right. Mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. He's brought it all on himself. And I have absolutely no problem calling him out on being a fat, lazy, worthless piece of shit. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And, and, oh boy, you know, uh, how many people would it take to actually storm the White House? Like, once you get past, you know, the the snipers on the roof and whatever landmines or whatever might happen to be planted in the on the front lawn, right? But... You know, you could you could have SEAL Team Six up there, on top of the building, and they still only have so many bullets, right? And they can only reload so fast, right? They're not up there with Gatlings or anything like that. So it's like you get a couple hundred thousand people down there, you can storm well, the White House. From what you've seen, or from what I've seen, right? Everyone's kind of lined up at, at Lafayette Park, right, you know, right across. Mm-hmm. And then the street itself is riot police, right, with their shields and everything. So there's like a barricade and then riot police and then the gates, uh, you know, and then the front lawn and then the White House. So you mm-hmm. have to overcome each of those obstacles. Now, the barrier, okay, that's not really that big of an obstacle. The riot police, that's a little bit bigger obstacle, but 
let's be honest with the with the crowds that have been gathered out there, probably push through them. Um, you know, and getting over the gate, probably not the end of the world. Uh, you know, enough people, and they're going to go through it. Um, but there is, you know, the the idea at least is implanted in people's heads that, you know, if if you made it on to the front lawn, uh, you know, they'd be using live ammo. True. True. Now, I like to think that the Secret Service and and the policing detail there have enough humanity that that wouldn't be a problem. I don't know that that's a case, but I want to be optimistic that that they would say, you know what, I'm not going to start shooting Americans for Trump. Yeah, you'd like to think so. So the real question becomes, how do you get in the bunker? (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, because at that point... Um, okay, so you're, you're assuming that all of this goes down while he's in the building. Well, he isn't leaving now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, how do you get in the bunker? See, I, I think, I think there's a certain point there where. Or do you get in the bunker? Or do you? I mean, here I we have, so you've seen the, the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. Uh, yes, I have. Okay. Same idea, right? Instead of getting into the bunker, we just seal it off. All right. We, we leave the evil sealed underground. <laughs> and the malice doesn't leak out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and so basically we just we leave it for a future generation to have to deal with it. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if it was ever unsealed, he would be like some kind of pig creature reincarnate. <laughs> I mean, he already is, but you know. You know, you know, you know what that makes us, right? Uh, it makes us boomers. What? No. Yeah. Boomers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because we're just taking all of the problems of our generation and we're passing it down for our descendants. Just being like, fuck you guys. You're going to have to deal with this malice in 100 years. I hope you don't want to have kids or grandkids because at that point... You gonna be totally fucked, and I don't care because I saved us right now, so we're all right. Just that's what we are. On the door that says, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't dead open inside, <laughs> and somebody's gonna open it though. It's gonna happen can't keep the evil sealed away forever it's true yeah okay i don't 
I can't know, but honestly, at this point, I mean, I know we probably put ourselves on a government watch list at some point with this show, but uh, how how is it even possible that we're having this conversation right now? Yeah, things things have really really gotten to a point like I just. And I think about it, right? I think about like, okay, I'm gonna get the call today. We're gonna we're gonna record a show, right? And and I I think to myself every week that we do one of these and, and we get all political, and I'm like, you know, I, I really should focus on being less political and hate <laughs> and and you know make things uh, more entertaining or, or something, you know, more nerdy, less politically. Um, but then every time something gets worse. Yep. I mean, we're six months into the year. We got a deadly virus, murder hornets, UFOs are real. Uh, you know, police officers are killing black people in the street. And Trump thinks the answer is to send in the military. Mm-hmm. I mean, makes makes sense from from his perspective. I'm I'm really starting to think that like maybe uh, maybe at some point I like got in a car accident or something and I'm in a coma and this is all just in my head. <laughs> I can't believe that things are really this. You know. This would be a great spot to insert a Raid Shadow Legends uh, plug. Just, you know, <laughs> uh, yep, yep. It would be the most the the most appropriate part thus far of the show to do it. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it's. It was one of those things that I, I don't remember if I mentioned it to you the last time or if it was somebody else, but I I just November eighth, two thousand sixteen was a pretty awful day. I mean I, I guess the eighth itself wasn't that bad of the day. There was still a tiny bit of hope in the air. You kind of feel it turning throughout the day. Then it got through to the night and November 9th was just absolute horseshit. Um, and I thought this is going to be a really awful four years, but never, in my wildest dreams could I have imagined how incredibly just apocalyptically awful that this time would be. I mean, it's it's almost been four years now at this point. And I guess to your point, it just keeps getting worse. And just when you think, 
no, it it cannot get any worse. It does. It just continues to get worse. I mean, I, I braced myself for four years of GW incompetence, right? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. like, this is going to be bad. I do no sugarcoating it. It's going to be bad, but we'll find a way through it. Uh, you know, and, and we'll come out on the other side. And now (laughs) (laughs) I, I woefully underprepared myself for what was happening. That's, that's for damn sure. Um, but I mean, you're now you're, you're literally at a point where, uh, not only, uh, the city where all of this started in, uh, you know, and, and I, I lived in these neighborhoods is, is, uh, protesting and, and then subsequently rioting, uh, and burning to the ground. But cities all across America are in the same boat. You know, everyone's protesting. Uh, and then you've got, uh, across the world, people protesting in, the UK people protesting in uh, where did I see one of those uh, Norwegian Scandinavian countries up there that's all peaceful like uh, protesting you know there there are people everywhere protesting uh, the Chinese government is mocking Trump for hiding in a bunker uh, you know mm-hmm. the the UK is talking about uh, refusing to, to send any shipments of uh, tear gas because, uh, you know, they're citing human rights violations by our police, you know, uh, and, and potential war crimes are, are being alleged um, against our police and their brutality. Uh, you know, and, and that, like, that would be enough if it, if it was just focused on the fact that our our police are just and, and not every police, but at least this this specific uh, police force is just terrible, um, and and there are police just as terrible, uh, you know, and police forces just as terrible across the country. Like that's one thing, but then you know, is our president out here giving giving any kind of speech of unity and trying to de-escalate things? No, he's like. You guys are pussies for not mowing them all down. So I'm going to send the military in because you're making me look bad. Mm-hmm. Like that's basically, I'm paraphrasing his speech here. Uh, holy fucking shit. What the hell has happened? Yep. Yep. It's... I mean, I, I've talked before about, about my disillusionment of, of things. Um, but this is just, it's, it's so far beyond like anything I think anyone really could have ever thought of. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't mean to belittle because I, I understand that, you know, these things have been, uh, you know, police brutality, uh, especially against black people have been issues for decades, right? I mean, this is, this is, goes back. A long time right uh well really to the founding of our country i was uh, just gonna say yeah it <laughs> starts yeah 
But I, I think everyone always kind of thought or, or hoped that we could evolve past it, that we could find some kind of way to uh, outgrow it and <clears throat> move forward peacefully. But it's more and more every day, it, it's just turning into this, no, that's not going to happen. And the only way to ever be able to move forward is to finish what was started in the Civil War and just stamp them all down. And and I don't, when I say stamp them all down, I mean all of the racists. <laughs> right. Uh, 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 and, and just expunge that that torch of the confederacy and the kkk and and just like obliterate it you know um if if you're flying a confederate flag as far as i'm concerned that's treason i'll go with that you know i like uh, that view. i like that viewpoint i i fully support putting uh you know labeling the kkk as domestic terrorists and the proud boys and, and all of those other groups domestic terrorists and and you know extinguish that movement um and you know we we always at least i always hoped that we would you know somehow move past this but i i don't think that that's going to happen without force you know the the other side certainly is not uh you know the the uh right is not going to see reason um they're they're just there's no reason left to have there you know mm-hmm. yep no i totally agree and um one of the it it's uh we've talked about in the past um not on the on the show but um one of the um inspirations behind this program if you will um is uh one of the one of the shows that uh that John Roderick does you can um, you can the show it's okay no there's 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 a couple of them and because I was I was thinking about it and so on uh on Roderick on the line uh they don't get political very often. Um, for for Merlin, it's a uh, it's kind of a like a third rail type thing. Uh, he just doesn't really like to go there. But on his show with Dan Benjamin, Roadwork, they do get political, and it's it's more so John going off on various things. But um, as far as you know, with him being 
a complete left-wing Democrat, um, one of the things that he will point out very often is is failings in liberalism, but more specifically, you know, the current left-wing establishment and the Democratic Party as it stands today. You mean Creepy Grandpa Joe? Creepy Grandpa Joe. Who, or, 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 um, or the robot that they tried to run against Trump. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so keeping it more general here, um, one of the things that, that I ha- he's expressed many times and I've long since agreed with is one of the, the ultimate liberal failings is that, you know, for so many years through the, you know, I, I guess through the, through the civil rights movement, but primarily post several civil rights and, um, this kind of like this liberal renaissance that the country went through um, leading up to Reaganism and and a, a total conservative backlash. But then, you know, even continuing through that, the liberal ideal was that you you get rid of some of these ideas and um these ideologies through education right we're we're not going to force creationism in schools you know we'll take god out of the schools and so and so that will will help break people a, you know away from clinging on to religion will will make sure that more and more people go to colleges and get a liberal arts education to expand their minds and to to educate them about the world and because once they're educated they you know these trappings of the old world and everything will fall away and they're you know there won't be a need for all of this right-wing ideology and these clingings to old beliefs and all of this stuff because education, that's the answer to it. Make sure everybody's educated. But the failings in all of that are numerous, but most of which is that most of the time you just can't teach stupid. Like, it just, it it doesn't happen. No matter what. You can put them in a classroom and you can give them the homework and the assignments and you can have them complete their book reports. But it doesn't, you know that it doesn't mean that they're actually learning anything. It doesn't mean that they're opening their mind up to anything more than what's going on in their little world. 
And it just kind of reminded me of it as as you were saying. The only way to to get rid of it is to stamp it out. Like that's that's really what it comes down to because the cycle is going to continue to perpetuate itself. And and I'm I'm not saying that that education is a bad thing or you know exposing yourself to other cultures and ideas doesn't make any difference in anybody's lives, but to think that that is a one-stop solution uh for all of this is it's 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 naive at best and it's dangerous at worst because look at what it's bred it's bred an a seedy underbelly that i mean cuz these people did not just magically appear in the last 4 years right oh, they, no. like been, we talked about last week yeah, they've always been there, right? But now they feel okay coming out of the woodwork. See, the way I look at it is one one of the, I guess, tenets of, of liberalism, right, has always been compromise. We're, we're going to eternally compromise and we're going to try to find the best way forward for everyone, which in a lot of ways is, is a very good ideal to have, right? Don't cut people out of the conversation. Uh, you know, try to include everybody and have all of the voices heard and then find the best way forward. Um, the, but the problem is, is in, in that ideology we created a space to allow the legitimacy of these voices and we need to not do that we we need to say look there there's a difference between uh you know the the guy who thinks the sewer man should go down this side of the street and the guy who thinks it should go down this side of the street and let's listen to both of them and figure out what the best compromise is to make it work for everyone. Uh, and the guy who thinks that everyone should be treated equal and the guy who thinks that, you know, you should be able to summarily execute people because of the color of their skin. Uh, they, there's no legitimacy to that argument. And we need to recognize immediately you know, and I, I think most people do recognize that there's not legitimacy to that argument, but we still cling to this ideal of, well, it's free speech and his right to say it, and we have to live with these people. No, no, we don't. We don't have to live with these people. That's We, we need to accept that as a fact, that as a country, we're better than this. As human beings, we're better than this. We don't have to live with these people, and we shouldn't. It's it's like, you know, people who have a, a toxic parent or sibling or something, right? And you cut them out of out of out of your life um, in order to be able to move forward as a healthy human being. We need to cut them out of the national discourse. We need to cut them out of the country uh, in order to move forward as a healthy nation. Uh, and, and 
I just don't see another way to do it. I mean, if I could go back to, you know, after the Civil War, I certainly would argue against giving pardons to anyone that was a Confederate. Um, you know, and I, I think, well, I think long before that was the right time to stomp it out, but that was certainly the biggest turning point in our nation's history to really just stamp that out once and for all, and we didn't. And we continue to pay for it today. Um, and in that sense, I guess you're right, maybe sealing Trump in the bunker isn't the best idea because that it does, uh, you know, just leave that for someone else to deal with, even if it solves it immediately. Um, we just, we, we have to make the tough decision of saying, we just, we as a nation are not going to allow this anymore. There is a very vocal minority of, you know, very terrible people. And we have to just, we have to all come together and say, that's not okay. And we have to be willing to accept the consequences of saying that that's not okay. Well, that's not okay. That's what I have to say. I just came up with it right now off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know, I know, right? I don't, like, I didn't ever intend to turn this into a political show or a political thing, right? I mean, I always thought that... Uh, you know, we'd get on and talk about video games and Star Trek and be nerds and make <laughs> porn. Uh, which, porn, awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we should do. Maybe maybe we can get, like, Pornhub to sponsor us. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I, that would be a sponsorship I would take. <laughs> but, you know, the... I never meant for that. I don't think that was ever your intention either, right? No, no. But I mean, I mean, not that we would ever shy away from it, but it, it was never our intention to be a politically based thing, right? No, and I still don't think that we are. I mean, it it's oh, to use just a completely overused phrase. You know, we are in such unprecedented times. You know, I I remember I don't, scrolling. I hate, the word. I hate that word. I know, I know. Oh, <laughs> we're in unprecedented times. Call it what it is. It's a giant fucking nationwide clusterfuck is yep. what it is. That's absolutely what it is. But, like, scrolling through some Twitter feeds and saying, man, remember when we lived in precedented times? Weren't those nice? Like, it's, it's, it's a shitstorm. It's a shitstorm. It's like like a Sharknado, except in instead of a tornado, it's a shitstorm, and instead of sharks, it's just giant fucking dildos slapping me in the face. <laughs> yep. Yep. Every day, it's just 
nothing but shit covered dildos one Just after the other in the right face, in the face over and over again. <laughs> uh, it's it's sad it's sad but i i think uh, even even hating the the unprecedented times term also because i do um i i my brain is too fried right now to think of anything else uh, and that's well that's... after after the last week i can't blame anyone for like how do you think about anything else you know right, right. i mean but... I, would, I would love to come on here and and talk about um you know whatever cam girl or what video game i played or what movie i saw but uh Let's face it, for, for the past week, the only thing I've done is pay attention to the fact that, you know, the city just up the road that I lived in uh, is burning to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, this, uh, you know, this this idea and and wanting to do this, um, it... it it still came up during the Trump era, but it, it came up at a time where we could still go out to a, a restaurant. Do, do you remember what those were? And and we would go to the that bar. Would and we would get really drunk that weren't my house. Yeah, yeah. We get absolutely shit-faced. And then we would totally drive home when we shouldn't have. Uh, but like, I would never do that. No, you're right. No, because we never did do that. But we those... advocate taking an Uber home, Uber sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 